Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman. We are joined by my co-host, Stephen Axelman, and we have an amazing guest, an awesome author and activist, Etienne de la Bouti Squared. Mr. Bouti, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, it's good to be with you and good to be with your audience. Yes, sir. It's great to see you again. You are one of the big, awesome voluntarists. So we talk about voluntarism a little bit on the show and with the articles and the books, but can you, since you're the best at explaining it, can you explain to all my audience, the listeners and everyone, what voluntarism is? And then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Um, most people, I'm, I'm known for being the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, where I make the case that government is always illegitimate. You can never have a legitimate government because for all the voluntarist reasons, you can't delegate a right you don't have yourself to a representative to represent you doing something you don't have the ability to do yourself. So if I don't have the ability myself to tax Steve and Elliot, uh, if I don't have the ability to make up rules for you, then I cannot delegate a right I don't have myself to the government or a representative. Uh, so if the, if the power for the government to do everything it does doesn't come from we the people, because it's impossible for we the people to delegate rights that they don't have, then where did the government get rights that other people don't have? Uh, you also cannot be bound by a social contract that you did not sign or even your forebear signed. And if uh, Steve and I can't vote to rob Elliot because there's two of us and one of, of you, then it would, doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or 350 million of us. There's no magical additional number in quote unquote democracy that makes something that is inherently immoral, inherently illegitimate, um, inherently illogical, moral, legitimate, and logical just because the majority decides to vote for it in a political ritual, in a rigged election, whatever you know the case may be. So government is always illegitimate. So what is government? And so as I make the case in government, the biggest scam in history, it's been the biggest scam in history. You've had an intergenerational organized crime system that goes back to monarchy that has been tricking and duping and chumping the population into giving them control, whether it was the, for the divine right of kings or whether it's for democracy or for constitutional republicanism. They've been tricking themselves into a rigged game where they get to make up the rules, they get to write, you know, make up rules for everybody else. You have to do what they say. They get to use violence on you. Uh, and the way that they do it is that they force you into a mandatory government school. And I break this all down in the book. There's, there's, a, there's kind of like a playbook of about 20 different techniques that you use to rob and control a population. And it's the same playbook that Nazi Germany used, it's the same playbook that the Soviets used. The United States is running the exact same plays as we make very, very clear visually within the book. Um, and that, that is to trick the population into having a ruling class in the first place. And the way they do it is that they slide it to the population as a religion in the mandatory government school where the, the priest, the, the teacher teaching in the church school, the public school will teach you the holy documents of the constitution and the bill of rights. And they will you know, take you to the Capitol in eighth grade, and they will take you into the cathedral of the Capitol that looks like the Vatican, and they'll take you into the monuments, the temples, and they'll show you the deities, and it'll be very hushed and reverent, and, you know, they'll put you into a military, a, uh, you know, kind of pre-military training program called scouting. 
yeah, or ROTC or Young Marines or DOD Starbase or the Explorer program and the Boy Scouts, and you will get a uniform, the single form. They'll shave your head. They'll segment you away from the rest of society to a military base where they'll, you know, give you, uh, give you information that tells you that it's legitimate, that they get to use violence on you, on peaceful people. And so that's the, the way the scam has been working. And we expose it in this book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, uh, by making it visual and kind of visualizing the system and showing the playbook and, and going through the techniques and showing how it manifested in the United States or the Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union or East Germany. It's a playbook and we're giving people the playbook. Why would government I, I, agents... Go ahead, go ahead. Why would government agents want to go through all of this? For, why go through all these games and spend all this time and money to uh, you know, scam the people? What do they gain from it? Well, I mean, they're making trillions of dollars. And so, I mean, if you take a look at this government, whether it's trillions of dollars missing from the Pentagon, $6 billion missing in physical cash from Iraq, uh, the Bishop Fund scandal, the Fat Leonard scandal, the, you know, handing trillions of dollars to private banks and private companies through the TARP and the TALF in 2008, or handing trillions of dollars to private banks and private companies going along with the COVID in you know, 2020 and 2021, um, we're stealing trillions of dollars. We're stealing it out of the value of the currency. We're siphoning it to our military industrial complex partners for wars that we don't need to be fighting based on lies and manufactured intelligence. We're handing it to Wall Street in bailouts and stimulus money. We're, you know, we're, we're robbing the population, we're, you know, and we're getting away with it because it's the government and the media working together. And to degree, academia. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're controlling the information the society, you know, receives through hierarchical control of classrooms in every single state of the country where they're all teaching the same thing, the same way the news reporters on the, you know, local news video are all saying the exact same thing. We're hierarchically controlling the, po the information the population receives through control of the government, through control of the media, and through control of academia. Okay, I have a lot, a lot of thoughts and a lot, a lot of questions. Um, you're coming from, I'm going to call it, for lack of a better word, a moral philosophical kind of an argument, right? Uh, utilitarian too. So th there's a moral argument there that says that it's wrong for people to steal, that it's wrong for people to use deception and propaganda and indoctrination. And, and so there is absolutely a moral component to it. But I would also argue that there's a utilitarian component that government doesn't work. It doesn't uh, deliver the goods. It doesn't protect civil liberties. It doesn't limit government. We've got the biggest government the world has ever seen, supposedly with the magic document that limits government. Uh, so I would say there's a utilitarian argument. There's a moral argument. There's a philosophical okay. argument. Yeah. So for the moment, the utilitarian argument's the weakest of them because we just say it was never done right, like they do about communism. So mm -hmm. let's leave that for a moment. Now I'm trying to look historically. Um, I don't know if you believe in God, don't believe in God, believe in the Bible, don't believe in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, the way I look at the world, it's there always was a government, there always were monarchies, there always were rulers by strength, and gradually with Magna Carta, blah, 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 we started to take powers away from them, or maybe ancient Greece with its, you know, shots at democracy. Is that kind of where you're coming from, or are you coming from the fact that men at some point were not governed at all, and then, and maybe it ends up in the same place, because somebody by force 
took control of an entire population. Yes. Yeah, so, so my argument is that number one, government's always illegitimate for all the reasons that we've already defined. But I'm saying that government has been used. So I'm agreeing with you and saying that government has been used as a technique to rob and control societies for thousands of years, whether that government was built on monarchy, whether that government was built on the divine right of kings, whether that government was built on, uh, you know, democracy. Uh, they're all legitimate. Democracy is you can't have, you know, the, you know, uh, democracy is always illegitimate because it's two wolves and sheep deciding what's for dinner. And so the same way monarchy is illegitimate because the divine right of kings doesn't give anybody the ability to rob and control everybody okay, else. So actually, there I'm going to disagree with you. If there is a divine right, then that is its legitimacy. Uh, are you making an argument for the divine right of kings? I'm saying by definition, if it is divine, it's legitimate. So people would not rebel against it because as far as they're concerned, the king is either a deity in himself or appointed by a deity. So, okay, obviously I'm an expert in the Bible because that's my trade. So yeah, yeah. when the ancient Israelites first asked for a king, um, the prophet at the time, Samuel, ripped them to shreds and said, A, you don't need a king. God is your king. And B, guess what? If I give you a king, this is what he's going to do. He's going to pillage. He's going to plunder. He's mm -hmm. going to take all your stuff. He's going to yeah, yeah. really wreck your lives. If you want it, here it is. Deal with it. But if that king is appointed by God, then by you, there's no question legitimacy because that is a legitimacy. So what I'm saying is throughout history, when for various reasons we no longer accepted that there's a divine leg legitimacy, mm -hmm. then we can start talking morally philosophically. But if it's divine, it's divine. Uh yeah, so I suppose I would, if, if God came to me personally and, and revealed himself and said, uh, I'm putting this particular ruler in, you know, in charge because he is the most, you know, the best and the most trusted man. If God revealed himself to me, I might change my mind on the subject, but I, de but I still uh, don't believe for all of the reasons that, you know, uh, uh, for the moral reasons uh, that we've already discussed, I don't think that God is for having a government. Okay. I don't think, so that God, not, is pro I don't think God, God is like, I, I'm, I'm looking at government not as something that is legitimate, desirable, or necessary. Right. And I'm not trying I'm to convince you of what God wants. I'm trying to say, I'm just trying to argue that throughout most of history, people would not have challenged the legitimacy of government because by definition, it was legitimate because it was God ordained. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm trying to figure out how are we going to get from where we were, which was a pharaoh who was a divine king, to voluntarism, which is our goal, and how do you evolve from one to the next? So I'm kind of thinking out loud. So we thought with Magna Carta, with ancient Greece, etc., that now we realize this whole divine thing is ridiculous, either because we don't believe in God or because the whole thing's ridiculous anyway. So now we're going to be a thousand times more enlightened. We're going to do democracy. And it's at that part where I hear you saying, uh, hello, democracy is no more legitimate than what you're throwing out now. Am I kind of correct in that? Absolutely. It is a scam to convince the population that they have some kind of say, okay. but because it's illegitimate on its face and because it's easily rigged by moneyed interests, the people are never going to get the outcome that they want. And part of the reason that they're not going to get the outcome that they want is because they're initiating violence against their neighbors by voting 
for a particular politician to rob everybody in society to put these okay. pro political ideas in place and the negative karma of of them voting for violence you know uh saying that they're they they know best of how to govern their neighbor that is going to produce a negative outcome every time because it is uh it is it's illegitimate immoral um uh you know idea on its face in the first place so would you agree with me that when they started instituting these things, they thought it was far more moral than the, what they were coming from? No, what I think in my own, in my own personal opinion, this is just speculation, but I believe that when they had 3 million people on this continent and they said, how are we going to, how are we going to rob them? How are we going to slave them up? And they took government off the shelf as a technique, as a well-known technique throughout you know, by intelligent people that understood how they were getting robbed and ruled, the Machiavellis, the Etienne de la Boetis, the original Etienne de la Boetis was exposing these techniques. Yeah, I was going to you're bad-mouthing my friend. I'm glad you corrected that. Yeah, so, he, so, so the original was exposing that these are techniques that the ruling class is using, not just to get obedience, but to get adoration and fealty. And that playbook that Boetti described, that Machiavelli talked about, that others have, have you know, have, uh, have uh, um, exposed throughout the centuries, that playbook is being used on us today, and it's the exact same playbook. And some of the techniques go back hundreds and hundreds of years, some of them, some of them go back thousands of years, but there have been people using government to rob and control populations using different forms of government, whether it's communism, socialism, democratic socialism, constitutional republicanism, pure democracy, you know, what, you know, uh, monarchy, oligarchy, whatever it is, people have been using government to rob and control populations. It was, I don't believe it was ever intended to protect life, liberty, and property. I believe it was a technique used by what I'm calling intergenerational organized crime to rob and control societies. It has always been illegitimate. It can never be legitimate. And so now, like, the, you know, we can talk about how do you, like, what's the solution? How do you get to voluntarism? How can the free market, how can nonprofits, how can mutual aid societies, and how can uh, real charity do everything that's legitimate except redistribution. You can't have government robbing Peter to pay Paul. But, but in all of the cases where the government has said, hey, I'm the monopoly provider of this good or service, whether that's uh, armed uh, protective services or whether that's dispute resolution, the courts, or whether that's air traffic control or, or whether that's, you know, whatever it is where they said, uh, you know, national defense or whatever, where they say we have a monopoly and it's so important that we have a monopoly that everybody's got to give us money. All of those monopolies could be devolved into the free market, whether it's building roads, air traffic control, Canada has already privatized its air traffic control and no planes are falling out of the sky in Canada. Everything the government does would be better provided by the free market, by nonprofits, by mutual aid societies, or by real charities, or it should not be done at all. And if that happened, if we devolved it back to voluntary uh, agreements between you know, uh, uh, human beings instead of this forced system of coercion, uh, that society would boom because people would have their money back. They wouldn't be getting they wouldn't get be getting fifty percent of their income stolen, 
in, uh, in overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation, you wouldn't have the same economic, mil uh, the economic uh, uh, misallocation of capital. You wouldn't have money wasted, you know, blowing up empty valleys in, in Afghanistan or Iraq based on, in, in wars based on lies and manufactured evidence. You wouldn't have, you know, trillions of dollars missing from the Pentagon. You wouldn't have trillions of dollars missing from Social Security and HUD and, and Amtrak and the U.S. Postal Service and all the other places that they're robbing society. Uh, you know, uh, we would be a lot wealthier and all of that wealth, that individual wealth that's just, that every, every single member of society would now have, all of that would make the economy boom. It would make the, you know, it'd be easier to, to start companies. It would be easier to compete in markets. It would be easier to do everything. And you would make so much money that there would be such a surplus that it would be easy to take care of the poor, the needy, the disadvantaged, uh, uh, because you're not wasting the money with this inefficient, crooked government middleman that is robbing you of well over half the value of whatever you're getting back from government. Mm -hmm. You have a question, Elliot? Yeah, uh, a few things. The, the big uh, reservations that people have before they support voluntarism is, number one, they think that it is legitimate. And you touched upon it, but I want to discuss a little more to explain to those who have not yet heard of voluntarism why the government's not legitimate. The, the other thing is they, they don't understand that any service could be provided by a private free market. They think free market people are greedy capitalists, which is true. Mm -hmm. And they think that there's no capitalist, there's no uh, financial incentives to do any services, which is obviously false. Well, let's go over that too. And the third thing is, is uh, safety and defense in general, as far as uh, police and courts and, and military. For instance, there are some things people think the government can do and the private people couldn't. Only a government could go to Afghanistan and spend 20 years, trillions of dollars and tons of lives and accomplish nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah. some things the free market can't do as well. Um, so let, let's start with the legitimacy. You touched upon it, but I want to explain. You said a right, so, some rights we have. I have a right to my bodily autonomy. I have a right to use my own money. I do not have a right to Etienne's money. If I don't have that right, I can't delegate the right to someone else. I can't say to my wife, hey, Kate, you have Etienne's money. It's not mine to begin with. I can't give it away. Can you right. elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think the, the basic way to look at it is just imagine that there's, you know, five of us on an island and uh, we've crashed and that one of the people on the island wants to have government and four of the people or two of the people or one of the person and one person doesn't want to have government. And the guy goes, no, you don't understand. It's such a good idea that I'm going to have to take out this gun and force everybody to go along with this plan. Or they say, you know, what if it's five people and three of them vote and go, hey, we voted and now we take out this gun and now we're having government. And now you guys are going to be uh, harvesting coconuts and you guys are going to be hauling rocks and you guys are going to start building us a house uh, because we voted and because you lost and it's called democracy and it's magical. And now we have rights that you don't have because we just voted them or we wrote it down on a fancy piece of paper that says, if we can get X amount of people to trick them into an election and trick them into voting, then we're in charge. Well, that's a dumb idea. It's a scam. They dress it up to make it seem like you're like the, the people actually have control of the government, which they obviously don't have control of the government or all this criminality and, and hijinks wouldn't be going on. And so, uh, so, so it's, it's illegitimate on its face 
because it doesn't matter if there's five people on the island, three people on the island, 250 million people on the island, there's no magical extra person that takes something that is immoral and illogical and makes it moral and illogical just because the mob wants to lynch black folks or rob Peter to pay Paul or, you know, whatever the mob wants to do just because they outnumber the victims doesn't mean that it's now magically moral and logical to do it. Okay, in just as my last historical kind of question, the way you look at it, there was never a government that didn't come out of this desire to control. There was never a voluntarily entered into government that came out of a good place but evolved into something worse? No, if you're, if you believe, I actually believe that if you believe that you have the ability to rob other people, like if you think that because some people vote in an election, that you now have the ability to rob everybody and you have the ability to order them around, I think that's a psych psychopathy that you don't realize the foundations of morality, that you think that somehow you've been able, that per, that person that got themselves elected or whatever now believes they have rights that others don't. I think that idea is illegitimate on its face. Hey, but you said before in the very beginning that you can't be bound by a social contract you didn't sign. So right. would you admit that if you signed the social contract, you could be bound by it? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not for for the uh, for the um, for the record. I'm not against governance. I'm against government. So in a voluntary society, and voluntarist just means everything must be voluntary between consenting adults. Nobody gets the ability to use violence or extortion on anybody else. Nobody has rights that others don't. Everything has to be voluntary. So, in a system of 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 you know, in a, in a voluntarist world, you can still have an HOA. You can say, "Hey, I'm going to agree to be. I want to live here in this very very safe neighborhood in this very very safe state where I don't have to worry about government or you know crazy people with guns thinking they have rights that others don't. So, I want to live here. So, I'm going to enter into a, an agreement that says I'm not going to paint my house pink." And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be, okay. be agreed to be bound by this as a condition of, of living here. But that is me voluntarily agreeing to a set of rules. It is not somebody saying, hey, we get to take your money. We get to make up rules for you, whether or not you want it yourself. I would have choice of whether or not to be bound by the rules of a community, or I would have the ability to go to a community that I did, I could be bound by or that didn't have rules or that didn't, you know, whatever the social situation was, but you can't have governance. You just can't have one group getting rights that others don't. Okay. I, li I like this governance versus government idea. So now I can ask you the questions that I have. So we're going to call it an HOA um, instead of calling it a homeowners association instead of a government. So now the three of us each buy a house in a cul-de-sac and we enter into an agreement with each other that none of us will ever fly a, an American flag. And then I have company over and they put up an American flag and you knock on my door, you say, hey, Steve, you know, you agreed not to have this American flag. I said, yeah, I know I agreed, but my cousin's here and they really want it. Mm. Now, what does your governance do? Uh, so I'm assuming that the HOA would have very specific you know, bylaws that would say if you violate the HOA thing, then the board brings it to your attention. And after a certain amount of time uh, that the board has the ability to take corrective action and have the, you know, take the flag down if you're right. not willing to. 
Right. So can we agree that that corrective action will devolve into violence exactly the way any police force does? Because there's no choice. Because I'm going to say, screw yourself. I'm leaving this flag up and there's nothing you can do. And if you come on my property, I'm going to blow your brains out. The, any governance has to come to force. And it's government right by that definition right there. There's no difference yeah. between an HOA. Okay. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. There's, there's a huge difference. So the, so the difference is, is that you agreed to be bound by the rules of the HOA. And the second that you begin uh, uh, violating the rules of the HOA, um, they have the ability because you were, because you agreed to it to take the following redress steps. Now, if you say, hey, I'm going to break the agreement and I'm going to fight you if you try and take the redress steps, well, now you're the one that's technically threatening them with violence because you already knew what you were getting into. You know you're no, violating I'm the agreement. I'm sitting peacefully in my house watching television and you, yep. say, you agreed you won't live here if you break these rules. You need to leave. And I say, screw you. Okay. What are you going to do? Um, so uh, the HOA would have armed protective services. It may be Brinks. It may be ADT. And they would come over and they would take down the flag. And they would. And if you if you use violence against them, they would have the ability to defend themselves because that's their right to defend themselves. And also, when you signed the contract with the HOA, it would have been thousands of pages. And some of them will say we hereby both agree to this third party arbiter in case there are any disagreements. And, right. and, but and Allah, Allah, what yeah. you're dealing with there is you're dealing with wonderful, perfectly moral people who always do the right thing. Okay. But now I'm no longer in the mood to do the right thing. And right. And so now you're, 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 you're using violence. You're threatening violence against the I'm security. I'm not threatening or... violence. I'm going to keep my flag inside my house, right inside my front window in your face. And you can't come into my house. You're saying that you've, I've given up my right to privacy in my own house because I, I signed that contract. And there's no limit to the violence you can perpetrate against me to enforce that contract. Uh, I, I mean, the, we're kind of in the minutia of this, but the, if it's inside your house and then it's not outside your house. And so most HOAs don't govern what can be done inside your house. They okay. govern what could be done outside your house. They totally say, hey, it's outside my house on my front lawn. You can't have a... Yeah, you can't have a you can't have ten automobiles in your front yard because you're going to lower your neighbor's you know uh, okay. property value. So everybody agrees not to have ten automobiles in right. the front but yard. Now I have ten automobiles and I have a German Shepherd in my front yard. Okay, you're now violating the right. rules of and the now HOA. You and we're, right. Yeah, yeah. And you are going to have to resort to violence to enforce your rules. There is no other way. Eventually yes, sir, really yes um, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, admitting so, man, that you yeah. use deadly force on way. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I want to do. Again, here, yes. here's a big thing. So a lot of people, and I've heard this before from others, they'll say, Alu, HOAs are the exact same as your town, because my town has a zoning, or they call it planning or zoning board committee, right? This board and committee is part of the, the town or city government, and they're the ones that decide what you're allowed to do outside and inside your house. In most towns in the United States and most cities, the zoning or planning of their city council or whatever says you are not allowed to do certain things like fix a shelf in your own house, a shelf, or build a little structure in your own house, unless you pull a zoning permit, apply and get money, pay money and all that, get a permit from the government, right? Now, people say, Alu, there's no difference. What's the difference between an HOA which you like and a zoning board that you don't like? Here's a big difference. The HOA, me, physically signed with a pen and paper before I moved in. With my goddamn zoning board, I didn't sign crap. But, I well, bought a house. Okay, first of all. Then they said they're gonna use guns to kill me. Okay. 
first of all, when you bought that house, you did know exactly what the zoning laws were. And not only that, but you're responsible. No, 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 no. Because it's not analogous because this government system is being forced on everybody in this country versus what he's saying. So it's not. No, not true. When you buy a house in any location, it is your responsibility to know all the laws that pertain. You okay. bought the Alu, be quiet. I would you argue bought, that it's not you your responsibility. House, I'm telling you, of course it is. Yeah. You bought that house. It's your responsibility to know what you can and can't do on that property before you buy it. That's your you. responsibility. I, okay? I, can I say so something? You agreed by buying in Hookset and not buying in New York City. You agreed to Hookset's rules and not New York City's rules. That is a voluntary transaction. I know, I know. You agreed to follow the laws of that city. That's can a, I say one thing? No way around that. Go, go for it. Okay, I moved here two years ago. Tomorrow, the zoning board changes the rules. Now, I agree with you on the tomorrow. I agree with you on the tomorrow. But I'm telling you, you're wrong. When you bought that house, you, in essence, agreed to follow all the rules because you voluntarily entered that community. But let's leave that for a minute. Okay. Yes and no. It's not analogous because the, the all of the zoning boards, all of the planning departments in all of these states are under government. Exactly. And the so federal government yeah, yeah. probably has no, we're all agree- Okay, their, they're, they're all... They're, yeah, yeah, you can't, so making, you, it, okay. it's a Hobson's choice. You're saying, oh, you can choose among all these different horses, but you're getting one that's running government. No, that's absolutely not and true. What, what Elliot is saying is in a free market, that's not analogous because in a free market, this HOA would be different than this HOA. There wouldn't be this Are underlying layer of authoritative, authoritative okay. control. It would be some HOAs would be more lax than you others. Mean like Casper H- would have less zoning rules than New York City. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that all the cities in America are all the same zoning rules? Well, I'm saying they all have this underlying authoritarian government so right. that you're saying you can choose... You're saying that, in, so it's a yes, fake market. It's not a real market. No, 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 no. You're only, the market? you're only, well, it is in the sense that you're allowed to choose between government A, B, C, D, and G, but it, but in this case, you're always getting government. And what then Elliot is saying in a free market, wait, 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 in a real free market, it's not a fake choice where you get government A, B, C, or D, or G, all, it's you get either you get this kind of governments very specifically in okay. this. Can I have a question? I have a question. Yeah. And this one, I don't know if you're going to beat me on. I do not have to live in Hookset. Matter of fact, I don't have to live in Casper. I can yes. go live on an unclaimed island. Because I want to live in Hookset, I have now agreed to all the rules currently in force in Hookset. There is no way around that. And you cannot say, I did not. You're going to say, I didn't know there was a stop sign when I moved in. Reminds me of the guy who ran for city council in New York, and a few weeks later, after he won, he wanted a raise. I said, no, when you ran for the job, you knew the salary was 105000 You knew there was a stop sign when you moved into Hookset, correct? You can uh, now not say the government coerced you into stopping at that sign. You no, the government that. coerced everybody in the country into, into, into accepting by tricking them an authoritative you control system called them. government. You can and they say tr- that. they tricked them. They but tricked them with mandatory government schools, propaganda, control no, of the media. He could have moved into a place where there aren't stop signs. Yeah. Are you it saying is. that, wait, wait, hold on a second. Steve, are you saying that government is legitimate? No, I, I wouldn't. All right, well, then, okay, we're on the same page. No, 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 stop, stop. You agree that a government agreed to is legitimate. That if I sign the contract, it is legitimate. You told me five minutes ago, you can kill me for violating the HOA contract. 
If I refuse to leave, you can use force up to deadly force. I know you said that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, you'd be so, able to be. Right. So the remedy is. So when right. you sign the Up contract, the remedy force. is if you're not willing to do it, deadly then force. We're, yeah, you're, we're going to remove you from your house, even we're up to including deadly force, because uh, you agree so, to Okay. Right. So, well, so, so, you so the remedy in the in the case of the the flag, if there's an American flag, if you signed saying we're not going to have any of this dumb flaggetry, and you got a flag up, and somebody and somebody comes down and says, hey, I'm here with Brinks. We're the Armed Protective Services Company of ADT or of, of your HOA, and they're demanding that you take the flag down. You've got one day to comply; otherwise, we have to come back and we've got to take the flag down. If you say, if you come back, I'm going to hurt you, or I'm going to fight you. Oh no, I didn't say I'm going to hurt you. You're going to have to get me out of my house. Yeah, and you're really you said it. Could, I don't mind if you take it back, but you said you could use deadly force. Yes. To so if you're if you, to yeah, if you, Yes, if you say I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and you don't do X, Y, and Z, then you're still going to have the same contractual uh, up to uh, and including deadly force. Up to and including deadly force. Fine. I just want to make sure that that's where your stance is because I don't think that's what people understood. Okay. Second of all, when you move into a city where there is a stop sign, you cannot say that you did not agree to that stop sign. That just makes no sense whatsoever. That's stupid. Should you, agree? Should you? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, what's stupid is assuming that the government, that something called a government is legitimate in that city and has the right to do that. And I'm not arguing against traffic uh, uh, I am regulations. Traffic. No, I think no, 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 no. should be gotten rid of totally. I don't agree well, with that. So, so in, a, in, a, in a voluntarist world, it's the road owner that gets to decide how his property gets gets used. And some some uh, some some companies are going to have stop signs. Some companies are going to have traffic circles. Some companies are going to have different ways of dealing with it. But you're using it because the road company built it for your use. And property owners, when you get onto their property, some of them may have handicapped spots. Some of them might not have the handicapped spots. Okay, so obviously some of them we're getting have... now into the access problem, which we can go into if you want. So when Amazon buys your street or Amazon owns every street in America and you agree to live on Amazon street and they say now because you're voluntarist, you can no longer leave your house. You're okay with that because you volunteer. No, I don't think that anybody's going to sign an agreement that allows them to ever force you not to leave your house or anything like that. You can't sign you agreement Amazon could buy your HOA and then they can, they can they own, own the entire country. They're buying up Texas. So you just told me there it's not a free market because they're all like that. So you're yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So I think so. So I I cover it in the book "Government: The Biggest Scam in History." That Amazon is one of these two to three dozen DARPA front companies that was given unlimited capital to control their own source of the information food chain, and that Amazon is in essence an actor that's cheating. They're not a legitimate player. They've been yep. funded with unlimited with competition the- to be able to control their population, to be able to control the information you receive. And they've been caught doing that by digitally burning books on the Kindle and the fire when they made 1984 go down that rabbit hole. They've got a $600 million a year contract with the intelligence agencies. They're spying on everybody with the Alexa and Echoes. They're taking their ring doorbell cameras and they're wiring them into Actually, 1,200 police stations. You're a voluntarist, work against, argue against an organization that was funded 99.9% voluntarily. No, I don't believe it was. I think it's a front company. It, I think it's a, we don't it's have a, a free market. Uh, yeah, we don't saying. have a free market. We we're don't have saying. a free market. 
Amazon has never, ever forced any human being to buy any product from them in its history. And no, what Amazon that. did is that they, they created They get protections a, from the government that are Alu, Alu, I'm asking you a simple question. They, they get, get a head start in internet technology. They get Jeff unlimited Bezos banker money. started out in a garage. Mm -hmm. I don't no believe one, that. You don't believe that? No, I think it's a something you saw on TV. Well, that's really no, sad no, that I can't argue with. No, but even if it's you, true, did Mike Bill Gates also started off with? Yeah, know? I think I think he had a I think he was given a monopoly on the operating system for personal computers by IBM. I think he's a, it's an IBM front company. So you don't? I don't well, I don't believe that either. So you're saying that Amazon didn't make its money because people wanted to give them money to get a product? No, they did. They sold stuff like no, he's, he's arguing that Amazon. No, he's actually arguing that Amazon started off illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, well, yes, here, yes. Saying... With, yeah, he is right in the sense, Elliot, I, I'm speculating, this is my own speculation, and I make the case in the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, that Amazon is a DARPA front company that was given unlimited capital and was given a technological head start and was given patents and other means of dominating their competition so that they would be the largest book distributor and yeah. retail distributor so that they could censor certain books, which they've been caught doing, so that they could censor certain documentaries on Amazon Prime as they've been caught doing, so yeah. they could change book reviews as they've been caught doing. With you Hillary deny Clinton's that book. Amazon lost money for the first X amount of years. Right. They have an unlimited deep pockets. So they're outspending their competition because the people that are behind that, the banks that have the ability to create money at thin air, even though that's inflationary, is in, they're operating in a rigged market. Yeah. And that rigged system is able to overcapitalize companies like Amazon so that they can serve as a predatory force within their own industry so using predatory right? tactics and cheating. Cheating because they had a head start in their internet technology because they had unlimited capital. You wouldn't say that against. Uh, there's yeah, there are companies that are legitimate players in the market. Is Walmart legitimate? No, I don't believe they are. I think that they've been funded. With you don't believe banker. Sam Walton started out a poor guy in Arkansas? No, I, I think that Sam Walton was financed by banks that get to create money out of thin air with unlimited capital to compete against uh, companies that aren't cheating with the banks. I, well, well, we'll I banks yeah. Considering that I actually know somebody who sat down and met Sam Walton, do you have any evidence whatsoever that Sam Walton did not start and build his business? Uh, what I'm saying is, is that certain companies can and can achieve a kind of dominant market position and then banks come along and say, hey, I want to buy you because I want your technology and they'll just stack money on the and table. That's all voluntary. That's all voluntary. Why is that? Well, wrong? no, no, because it's because in a true free market, the banks would not have this exorbitant monopoly privilege now, again, what to I've been provide trying to say unlimited capital to yeah. uh, pick winners in the market. I've been saying for so a while. So this is not a free market. This is crony capital. For the last years, we have had a free market. Everyone agrees. And Ty, you and Ed were the ones who convinced Elliot, me over Elliot, last year. Elliot, we don't have a no, free market. No. I absolutely don't agree to what you're saying. Okay. We don't have a free market. We haven't in the last hundred years. I totally don't agree with what you're saying. You ever haven't heard of giant food? Have you How do we have a free food? market when a handful of companies set the interest rates? A handful of human beings set the interest have rates. How can you have a free market when some companies get to create food? money out of thin air? Have you giant heard of food? giant food? I don't think so. Giant food company? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, now they're owned by a Dutch company. Ali, you're aware they were founded by your great uncle. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Well, you should be aware. 
He was a poor peddler who started out with one small store. Now, what I hear our guest saying is that he was unfairly propped up by some government somewhere. And no, that's not what I said. I said, I said okay. that, that I said that certain companies that have been given a monopoly privilege to create money out of thin air and engage in fractional reserve banking are finding successful business people sometimes. Sometimes they're financing, uh, uh, you know, other criminal enterprises, but sometimes it's legitimate people that have made an innovation. So why don't in the I have a right whatever. to finance Walmart if I want to? Why, how did I lose that right? Yeah, no, no, most, the problem is the banks. The problem, the, pro the okay, problem. By the way, banks, banks is a covered term. Hedge funds, are they voluntary? We pool our money together and invest. Is that not a voluntary uh, enterprise? Uh, that would be a voluntary enterprise, yes. So why do you think all these companies didn't get their money from hedge funds? Where do you get this idea that they came from? So, so for the past hundred years, we have had a Fed, the Federal Reserve, which lobbied and bribed Congress to give itself uh, a monopoly privilege to create currency and credit and backstop the money center banks to engage in fractional reserve banking, even though that process is inflationary and even though that process steals the purchasing power out of everybody else's money. So in every society. company that succeeded wildly did it through a conspiracy. Every company that failed. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. Uh -huh. I'm saying that. It, I'm saying that the, a large amount of the companies that make up the Fortune 500 and 100 have been funded with unlimited banker capital to consolidate their own industries, to buy up their competitors uh, in a predatory way because it's run by organized crime at the top. Yeah, I can make so the banks, simple. the banks literally lobbied and bribed Congress to give themselves a monopoly privileges, a privilege that steals out of everybody else's pocket. And because they're criminals, they've devised a system where they print up little paper tickets, they buy the world, they turn it into real plant property and equipment. And I explain how that process works in government, the biggest scam in history. And I do it in a way that's, that will pictorially explain the fractional reserve banking uh, cycle and the dishonesty of that system to all the other market participants. Now I, assume, I assume this conspiracy is international. So when an Israeli guy invented a thing called Waze and sold it for close to a billion dollars, was that also because of the big American banks and the Federal Reserve Board, or did he deserve that money? Uh, so I think that Waze probably by being able to track people sounds like something called a Talpiot program company where Israeli, uh, Absolutely. Uh, Waze is a purely voluntary, uh, thing. Every single person who joined Waze knew yes, exactly correct. what they were doing. Somebody yeah, made yeah. a fortune. Is that somehow yeah. because the federal reserve gave him that money? Uh, so I would, I would say that most of the companies in information technology are being run, uh, uh, in a way that is negative. So it's, it's Google bought ways. So it's Google now. And Google is the, is we've got an article in the liberator drive. So everything in the book is backed up by either an eight or a 16 gig flash drive that we call the liberator. And we've got an article in there called how the CIA made Google. And it talks about the specific DARPA programs, the Highland Forum that I don't Google care, I'm not came asking out about of. Google. I'm asking about a guy in Israel invents a program. He works on right. it for years. He builds it into something that Google wants to buy. That yes. guy who made a billion dollars selling it to Google, was he funded by the Federal Reserve? Uh, I don't know who he was funded he by. He was funded by banks, most likely. But no, again, he wasn't. I, 
he was funded by people buying into his product and he sold yeah. services that people wanted. Yes, you can have legitimate. I'm not saying you can't have legitimate companies. I'm saying you can have legitimate players in the market that aren't necessarily out to hurt other people, but then you can have criminal banks come along with unlimited banker capital that they get to create right. out of thin air, okay. even though right. it's inflationary and even though it's stealing out of everybody else's right. money, That's they can come and they can for. get behind that company and they can provide it unlimited capital and that that is screwing up the free market. And, and so now you've pay. got people that are winning and they're winning because they're being provided unlimited capital by a criminal organization that is using okay. government to give them a monopoly privilege that allows them to steal the money out of your pocket the exact same way as if they just stuck their hand in their pocket. Okay. It's just so a more sophisticated system. World, in your voluntarist world where somebody doesn't have federal reserve backing, he doesn't have bankers backing, et cetera. And he comes up with a product and he makes billions and billions of dollars. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now he buys all the cities in the United States. Does he have a right to restrict your access to your home? And what would you do about it? So first of all, the thing you got to understand is without government, there wouldn't be a monopoly on money. So there wouldn't be the ability for a criminal cartel that is cheating the population using fractional reserve banking to provide unlimited ca capital and to buy up the world with little paper tickets that they Actually, get to create out of thin air. You just said that hedge funds aren't government things, that they're purely- I'm, ta I'm talking about money center banks that get to engage I'm in fractional banks. reserve banking. I'm talking about a man who makes money by selling a product that everybody wants there yes. is no federal reserve because we're in a voluntary yes. society. There are no government controlled banks. There's no Amazons that got funded by the federal reserve. Okay. Yes. I started a business. Everybody wanted my product. I made hundreds yes. of millions of dollars. Yes. I yes. buy yes. your whole city and I say, you cannot get in and out of your house anymore because I own the street. What will you do? Um, First of all, I don't believe that that is a possibility for you to buy up an entire city, no matter how much money you have. I think if you tried to do that, the people would leave. Um, I don't think that there would be HOAs that you would be able to buy. I think there exactly. would be the HOA clauses. probably has a no buy clause. Right? Yeah, they, they, so like, like I just don't believe that. Like I don't believe in your analogy. I think you're grasping for straws to find arguments against actually, voluntarism. That's kind of interesting. So you're actually asserting to me that if your house is worth two hundred an hour for you five million, that you would not sell. That's what you're asserting. Correct. No, I would, and then I would get out of that HOA, and I'd go to a different HOA that you weren't running. Right. And so you, so right. so, and yes. other people would move into there, okay, and they would still be owned by a private corporation. And what would you do to protect your rights against that kosher private corporation that wasn't founded by the Federal Reserve, wasn't funded by the? I would use contract. I would not contract with them in a way that would give them a, a, an advantage over me. Okay. So now we're going to an agreement now we're to get, get to another point, if you don't mind, or we can stop and pick this up another time. That's your choice. Okay. Yeah. My father was a contract judge. He studied contracts probably 30, 40 years. Let's assume that 98% of that was a total waste of time, but 2% of it made a difference. Would you agree that contracts are subject to interpretation? Uh, yes, to a degree. Okay. So now what do we do when you force me out of my house because I violated the contract and I say, no, I didn't. Now, what do you do? So, I mean, there's, so, so I'm assuming that if you had an HOA and uh, there, there would be a, an appeal clause where you and the HOA agree to go to a uh, arbitrator 
to, to have a section of arbitration done on, hey, this says uh, I can't have a flag outside the house. My flag's inside the house. You go to the arbitrator and then the arbitrator uh, would have a name brand reputation for deciding the most fairest outcomes and would attempt to provide a fair outcome. But at the end of the day, there's a process that says you either win or lose uh, under the rules that you have agreed to. And if you lose under the rules that you agree to, then you need to step down and take the flag down or, or get the 10 cars out of your yard, uh, whatever it is. Um, the, the, uh, the HOA and your neighbors, if you're violating the, the terms of the agreement, the HOA, which is essentially your neighbors, like, I don't want, we don't want 10 cars in the front yard, Steve, you got to go, dude, you're nuts. We don't want your 10 cars here. Okay, so we're going to have our security guys and we're going to come and they're going to, they're going to remove you and your 10 cars. What would you do if I were nuts? I was well, like, no, I mean, so to, to us, what would you do? Uh, so I think that there would be like organizations. So, so keep in mind that if the government wasn't stealing half of our income and over no, 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 there's taxes, no government, forget right. we don't have right. so, so everybody would be, be wealthy. And so some people, there would be charities that support Actually, crazy people. people Literally, no, 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 there'd be, I think, I th believe that there'd be charities and mutual aid societies and insurance and whatever. And if you went crazy, maybe you had an insurance policy that takes care of you if you went crazy. If you go crazy, maybe you were part of a mutual aid society that says, hey man, Steve just lost it. He got these 10 cars, he stacked them up. He wouldn't leave his, his HOA, he wouldn't clean up the mess. He got all crazy, said he was gonna shoot people if they came around his place. And so he's gone nuts. And so the, so the, so Brinks had to go in there and take him out. And now, uh, you know, you're, he, he was a member of your mutual aid society. You guys got to take care of crazy Steve. Okay. So you definitely believe in voluntary contracts. Yes. So every single EULA that you've ever clicked on, you, you, you agree to be bound by all that fine print, correct? Uh, yes and no. To no, 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 not yes and no. You agreed. You signed your name and you clicked and said, I agree. Uh, all of Amazon's terms, you agree to all Walmart's terms. You agree so, to yeah, so, terms, so, so there is, there is, there is something known as fraud in the inducement. And so if a, if a company is, is using crazy, Ooh, crazy came up with that, that's a government term. That's fraudulent inducement is not a government term. Fraudulent inducement is not a government term. Of course it is. It's a no, it's legal not. term that came out of a legal book somewhere. But fraud is pretty you don't yeah no you don't have to you don't have to have a government to to have legal rules that say hey if, if a company is doing something is using fraudulent inducement we're not going to enforce What's that fraudulent contract. about a eula by the way no no so like for most eulas the terms and, and conditions are usual and customary and acceptable and if somebody sneaks in a thing that says i owe you a billion dollars and you click on it, and now the person goes, hey, they clicked on my little thing, they owe me a billion dollars, I'm sending people with guns, then I think that the person would have the ability to argue with the arbiter and say, uh, you know, somebody just put these terms in this contract that, that you know, I'm, I thought I was getting a, you know, a map application or yeah, something like that. But he would still probably lose the case because he did agree to it. But anyway, when we were talking about a free market, I think another good example, you said, you know, they were all started in a way that, you know, because of the banking system, there's a lot more access to capital, which to extent, an extent I agree with, I, I would have to push back on the founding of Amazon and Google. For all I know, Bezos started in his garage selling items, but it doesn't matter. I think it's pretty irrelevant how they started. The fact is we all three of us agree right now, Jeff Bezos is in bed with the politicians. Facebook is in bed with the politicians. We all agree yep. only the most crazy people like Biden would disagree, or at least claim to disagree. 
that yeah. Facebook's not in bed with the government. We all agree they are now. With yeah. Section 230, and again, this is something Steve and Ed have convinced me. I was on the other side of this months ago. They convinced me that because of the way Facebook works and because the government, the federal government, because Section 230 protections have given them trillions of dollars, or at least billions of dollars, in free legal protections because they never have to field any lawsuits because they have the best of both worlds being treated like a platform and a publisher at the same time. So they've gotten billions in free protections. So yes, they did get a, a handicap. They've gotten a, a leg up from the competition for sure. So we don't have a free market. And, and again, if you look at Walmart, Walmarts weren't closed, mom and pop shops were closed, right? Or Walmart survives better minimum wage. You, one could argue targets mom and pop shops that can't afford it, whereas Walmart can afford minimum wage to have more wiggle room in the margins or more cash on hand. They can handle more okay, stuff. Right? Okay, I, I hear, listen to me, stop. First of all, I agree the government is thoroughly corrupt. I, that, that's not my argument, okay? I never made the argument that government isn't thoroughly corrupt. I'm trying to figure out what I understand our guest to say, because I can't pronounce the French word, sorry, I apologize, is that there's nothing that can't be provided by a voluntarily entered into agreement by contract, that there's nothing that will need to be done in society that can't be handled that way, correct? Uh, yes, everything that people want out of society, whether it's armed protective services, whether it's dispute resolution, whether it's air traffic control, everything that the government is currently providing as a monopoly provider, except for redistribution. You can't redistribution have- Redistribution that's just that. Right, right, you can't, you okay. can't have, re, but okay. everything that the government does where it's saying, hey, I'm a mon I'm the monopoly provider here. Only I can provide police. Hey, I have no only I can provide the courts. Only I, I can, yeah, only yeah. I can provide these things. Every single thing that the government says, only I can provide this service, or I'm gonna send people with guns if you try and use okay, okay. somebody else's money or somebody else's courts or Listen, somebody I else's armed services. Wolves are, are corrupt. I, I have no problem with that. I have no okay. problem with voluntarily paying for police. I have no problem voluntarily paying even for a military. Yep. Now, what happens, I have a child. The child gets to some age at which he says, I don't want to no longer abide. So I assume I've signed in my original contract that if, when my son hits 18, he needs to go elsewhere. Uh, no, I mean, so you're, you can provide a uh, home for your son after 18, you can say, hey, it's your house. You can say, hey, I'm- No, only if he keeps the rules of the HOA. Otherwise, I have, otherwise he has to leave because otherwise it doesn't work. Because I can't bind my son into a contract or else we're stuck with the original constitution. Well, everybody so, that would be in your house would be bound by the HOA. So you couldn't say, hey, my friend here is the guy that put the flag out. So therefore I get to have the flag out. Right. You know, whether it's your son, son or whether it's your friend right. or whatever. But when my son matures, if he doesn't want to sign voluntarily, he has to leave. That's all I'm saying. Because we can't buy uh, him. No, well, he's just a, he's just a, right. So it's, it's the house. It governs the house. You own the house. The you own the house. So if you will the house to him and you die and he says, hey, uh, I don't want to be bound by the rules of the HOA, then he's going to have to sell the house and move to a different right. HOA. And by the way, even if I don't will the house to him, if he doesn't, because our whole argument, which is an argument I happen to agree with you, that mm -hmm. you can't bind somebody else by your contract. So what happens in this society is when the kids grow up, they either sign or they don't sign. If they sign, mm -hmm. they stay. If they don't, they leave, just like an HOA. That's a good point. I haven't thought of that before. Yeah. Like, 
the kids. That's a problem. And and again, Etienne, I assume you've read Spooner's Constitution of No Authority. Uh, I have. Yes. Yep. So in that thing, and Steve, how about you? No, I haven't. Uh, pretty much what he says, and I haven't thought about this before, because again, I used to revere the Constitution. He says the Constitution is illegitimate on its face for like a few reasons. How could a few people sign in 1789 or 1776 sign a document that bounds all of that binds all their descendants and immigrants to the United States for all of eternity forever to worship the kings known as politicians? It's it's a pretty good argument, right? I could sign a contract that binds me. But I can't sign a contract that says that my grandkids are slaves to Etienne's grandkids. My grandkids will say, screw you, I didn't sign the contract. But your grandpa did. Yeah, that's not how contract law works. And that's not how it should work. So I don't, I don't have any disagreement with that. I think it's always been a problem that I can bind my son to a contract. And, and obviously, it's not true of anything else. If I sign that I'm going to pay for my car, I can't make you pay for my car. Maybe for my estate, but you don't have to pay for my car. So that, So basically... And I, I don't really have any further questions because you're saying that every uh, unit, whatever we'll call it, will bind itself together voluntarily by voluntarily entered contract that will provide for anything a society could need under any circumstance and all disputes will be resolved by an agreed upon arbitrator. Well, well first of all, let me be very clear. I'm not promising utopia. Politicians and socialists promise people utopia. So I'm not saying that there's not going that, that, that there's not going to be poverty. I'm not saying that there's not going to be disputes. I'm not saying that there's what I'm saying is is that in a voluntary world there would be way more uh, wealth in society. People would have more secure rights. They would, there would be less violence. There would be less threats of violence. There would be less, uh, you know, people rotting in uh, for-profit prisons for victimless crimes. There would be way more choice in jobs uh, in the economy. There would be way more uh, dynas uh, dyna dynamic economy. Uh, you would have more options of where to go to work. There would be more uh, technological progress. There would be less monopoly privilege. There would be less, you know, there'd be, it would be so much better on so many different ways. That, well, by the way, uh, um, with all due respect, you don't need to make that argument. Because once you've made the argument that government is immoral, then mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the alternative is. Exactly. That's what I was going to exactly. say. Yeah, yeah. You've already, made, you've already made that argument. Now, you also can have prisons because your prisons will also be part of an agreement that if the arbitrator says I go to prison, I have to go to prison. So you can also have prisons. But you're saying, yep. that's what I meant. Every single contingency will be part of a voluntary agreement entered into by adults. Now, some people are going to say, well, what about the poor and infirm? And mm -hmm. you're going to say charity will take care of them. I happen to agree that charity is a better use than government. Mm -hmm. And under no circumstance, what I learned from Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams, even if a person is going to die of starvation on the street, under no circumstance can you reach into somebody else's pocket. Yep. So I have no problem with that either. So I think, I think that I have no further questions, Your Honor. Here's a difficult question. How, how would a voluntary society handle legitimate child abuse? Um, it's already in the contract. So, I mean, I, I think it would be dealt with by, so the first thing that you got to understand, like I said, is that there is no, there's not necessarily a utopia answer. And so when the government says when there's child abuse, we come along and we take that child away and we fix the problem, 
that most of the time that doesn't fix the problem. Sometimes the government takes the child away illegitimately. Sometimes the government takes the child away, gives it to foster family that would make the problem worse sometimes. So there is no, there is no, the government can't guarantee a magical outcome in that circumstance, the same way that in a voluntary society, there's no magical outcome that says that, that the God of government is going to arrive on the scene and make everything right. And oh, I so, agree. CPS makes things worse. Literally, CPS yeah, yeah, yeah. takes kids and gives them the child molesters. I agree. Right. I'm yeah, just yeah. curious, is there, is there a good voluntarist idea? But Alu, Alu, well, I mean, perfect solution. It's the same solution he's saying as before. When you joined that HOA, you agreed. I will hit my kids if it's not thicker than a thumb, or I won't hit my kids at all, et cetera. And you agreed. What about parents who don't live in an HOA and they're beating their kids? Well, no, 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 no. Well, 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 with, with the HOA, mostly that's probably going to govern your streets and who pays okay. for the roads. So you're and who saying, pays for okay, so you're asking the stuff that happens in your house if you beat your kids and it's not anywhere in the contract of where you live, mm -hmm. then I guess there's nothing you could do. So uh, your kid could escape, your kid could call the, could go to the neighbor and say, hey, I'm being abused. Uh, and the neighbor could say, hey, I'm not going to give it, a, I'm not going to give you your, your kid back. I'm going to take care of this, this child uh, because you're abusing them. And you may call your, uh, your, your ADT and say, hey, I, you know, you're my private security company. I need to protect, you know, I need you to protect me. And they may go, hey, I'm sorry, we got a clause where we don't protect child abusers. And so like, we'll go to arbitration, but if it's found in arbitration that you're abusing your child, then we're going to step aside because we don't protect child abusers. And so you would lose And by your... the way, but you're also arguing, and you have a good argument, that if the arbitrator says you can go on abusing your child, that that's also legitimate because you've agreed to that, and mm -hmm. it's no worse than what's yeah. happening now. But the exactly. arbitrator would go out of business. Exactly. That arbitrator, again, yes. with real exactly. competition, yes. they'd be out of business in a yes. day. Yes, 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 yes to both of you guys. Because what happens now is horrific. I'm not arguing that. Yep. But what I'm saying is you seem to, as long as you've agreed, now Alu's asking only if somebody has never agreed to that arbitration and you know they're doing something wrong. So I'm going to answer that. Should we go into Nigeria because they're raping little girls? Well, you know what? It's horribly sad, but it's not our business. And it is sad, but it's not. Yeah, right. And, correct. And, and you know what? It's not our business now either. So right. I, I don't think that's a really great question. Either if you agreed, it is our business, but you agreed to it. If you didn't agree, it's that. Yeah. There's a great point that you, we touched upon, but you explained it to me, I think for the first time at Porkfest when we had that first great debate. I think you explained to me this concept and I, I hadn't thought about it and it makes so much sense. And I want you or me to explain it to the audience now. Pretty much once the government dissolves and no longer exists and no longer has a monopoly on all security protection police, Naturally, within a day, companies that already do some security would expand to also do real personal security and policing, mm -hmm. and, and or other companies would come to be. Like you said, there's already Branks, Garda, ADT, and these are security companies that do have some armed personnel who do transport of money, and they also protect homes, yep. ADT protects homes, um, and yep. they would also expand to personal security. Every person within a day, within a day later, every person, or 99%, I would presume, would purchase one of these. It would cost a few bucks a month, 10, 20, 30 bucks a month. They would purchase full comprehensive home protection. And the great thing about it, like we have with car insurance, we'll have self-protection insurance. Just like with car insurance, when I bump into your car, what happens? You and I don't throw down in the parking lot and fight. I call Geico, you call Allstate, and Geico and Allstate work together because they are very mature. Yeah, They've yeah, been yeah. working together on satellite disputes for a million years. They've done it a billion yeah. times. They get together with one call and in one minute, they bang out the details. They say, here's this, 
Here's that. You give him 50 bucks. You're good. They work it out because they are our representatives, just like two lawyers. I could beat you up. But what's easier is our lawyers talking to each other on a different level because they're smarter and they do it more often. This is how all arbitration works. So you explain that to me and it makes so much goddamn sense because someone asked you, I think Steve asked you, if someone robs you, what do you do? Are you going to fight him and kick his ass? No, literally just call your company. You call his company and they both meet on a higher level and they work it out because the companies like United Healthcare and hospitals have worked together on settling disputes a billion times. They're so good at it, so efficient. It would be a lot more efficient than us three throw, throwing fists, right? right? So that's a concept you explained to me that I hadn't thought about before, but it makes so much sense. It's so efficient. And again, it's all voluntary. So like the other example, Steve, I think what he's talking about is the example that we used at Porkfest was, let's say you, uh, I suspect that you stole my TV and I call ADT and you've, I've got ADT and you've got Brinks and I call ADT and I go, hey, somebody broke into my house, stole my TV. They come over, they review the security camera footage. They go and talk to neighbors. They begin an investigation and all roads lead back to Steve's house. And they've got a picture of you on video with my television. And they've got, uh, they've got the neighbor saw you carrying a television into your house. And, and they've got like, there's this, all this evidence. So, so now we go to an arbiter. And so, so you, so now ADT shows up at your house and goes, Hey, we're in the middle of an investigation. You go, Hey, well, that's tough. I didn't do it. I've got Brinks. So you call Brinks and then Brinks shows up and Brinks and ADT guy goes, Hey, Steve, Hey, Bob. You know, they got, like, everybody knows each other and they're going, we got a dispute here right now. We're doing an investigation. This is the investigation. They say Brink says, Hey, are you willing to let us go into your house and just check the serial numbers on your thing? And, and, and you say, no, I'm not, you're just going to have to protect me. And they jot that down. And then they go to the arbitration person and they go, Hey, we think that he's got, he's got the TV. All we want to do is we want to go into the house and see if the TV is in the house and part of the investigation. And Brinks goes, uh, yeah, okay, we're going to stand down because he would not, we had an agreement with our clients that they have to like, if they're accused of something, they've got to let us do an investigation too, before we're going to provide, you know, deadly force defense. And so they go, you didn't go along with the investigation. They've got all of this evidence uh, uh, based on the, the decision of the arbiter. We're removing our protection from you. And now ADT goes into your house. If you put up deadly force, they shoot you dead. But let's just say they grab you because you're crazy Steve. And they put you in a bear lock and they walk through the house and yeah, there's his TV and yeah, it matches the, the thing. And yeah, it's got, you know, all the identifying things and it's the serial number and it's his TV. We're taking the TV back, crazy Steve. And they take the, they take the TV back. And then that's just one way where competing, not a monopoly provider, but competing security companies can now compete for who provides the best investigative services, who, who gets the most stuff back, who settles disputes with the least amount of violence, whose uh, police officers are the most courteous and nicest, and who's helping the most people with flat tires and everything like that. And then, and then the you, obvious question, the question people would ask is what happens if ADT is all corrupt, they're all scumbags, and they go and use violence to steal TVs from everyone and bring it to your house? The answer is nobody would use that company because they're corrupt bastards, and the competition would get rid of them and their competition companies would get more business. Whereas with police currently, there's literally no option to defund police because they could just take taxpayer money forever and there's no competition at all. So that's the big difference. Well, I think the better answer even to that is even were that not true, even if there were no better companies, it's still no worse 
Yes, agree, agree, agree 100%. Agree 100%. You cannot get a worse outcome than what we have right now under the monopoly government system. This is the highest costs. It's the highest cost for healthcare. It's the highest costs for for housing, the money is losing value. We've got massive inflation. We've got lockdowns. We've got mask mandates. We've got monopoly media. We've got uh, fake terrorism. We've got wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence. We've got trillions of dollars missing from the Pentagon. We've got you know, hundreds of billions missing from HUD and Amtrak and the U.S. Postal Service. We've got no accountability. We've got a Congress that doesn't turn over, that turns over like 93% because they've got all these incumbent advantages that they've given themselves. It cannot be any worse than the current situation. I agree. I think it's very interesting, as Steve pointed out earlier, it's very interesting, the utilitarian, practical reasoning of those arguments, which are extremely strong. Obviously, this government is terrible. Um, and also the moral argument, I like both, I've written articles about both for gun control saying gun control is immoral because we all have property rights, but also practically speaking, gun control does not work. It makes us more dangerous. And at the end of the article, I say the best argument is the moral one because the practical one, what if gun control did work? What if Chicago was safer than New Hampshire? Would I support gun control? Hell no, because morally I believe in property rights. So yeah, I think it's, it's great that we use both arguments because some people are more practical, but I, yeah. I prefer the moral one, I think. Yeah, All right, so I, I think it's almost an hour. So MTN de la Boutique Square, thank you so much for coming. What else can you tell our audience parting words? And where can people find you, your website, your awesome book? I actually have two copies of your book at my house. So I always lend them out to friends. But how can people find your book and your liberator and your website? So the, the book is Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed at government-scam.com, where you can download a free preview copy that's got 90% of it. You can, buy the, you can buy the book, you can buy the credit card size flash drive, the Liberator, but you can also download uh, a Liberator to your own flash drive from our Dropbox. Everything is at government-scam.com. Excellent. And do you have what any- What if I say I won't anything? buy anything that has the word government in it? <laughs> That's your right. Well, I, voluntary. Um, I think I hit you with pretty much everything I had for as late in the day as my brain works. And I think I ran out of good questions. So for that, I thank you. And hopefully you'll come back when I can dream up a few more. Absolutely. I enjoyed the conversation I tremendously. Thought you, I thought you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Thank yeah, and also I do want to have you back on because at Porkfest you told me about another amazing project you're working on, the Thick Red Line. We are getting, talking to police in a very nice and calm and peaceful way about joining us and supporting freedom and not enforcing victimless crimes. So I want to have you back for like another hour maybe just to talk about the Thick Red Line project because I do love the idea. I've been thinking of it for a while, but you, you explained it a lot better than I do. So you got to come back on soon to talk about that. You got it. Thickredline.org. Awesome. You also have to give French lessons. Definitely. All right. Thank you Thank very you so much. much. We'll have you back on soon.